This presentation is from UX Australia 2016, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. We are, like, at heart as humans, we really sort of uh, respond well to stories. So it's difficult to overemphasize the importance of that in your toolkit. So uh, please join me in welcoming to the stage Liam for his introduction to storytelling. Thank you. Is this on? Oh, it is. Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming to my talk. Um, my name is Liam Kyo, and I'm an experience designer. An intrinsic part of what I do in my job is to tell stories. I use stories to uh, describe design decisions and to present research findings in a way that I hope is both understandable and uh, engaging. Now, it's the engagement that you comes from uh, storytelling that makes it such a powerful tool for communications. During this talk, I'm going to be delving into the detail of what makes a successful story and pulling out techniques that might help you uh, better communicate your ideas. Now, before I continue, there will be some spoilers, a couple of films that I'm going to be showing that will be hitting on key moments in uh, a bunch of old movies. There's nothing new, but uh, you know, I do apologize if I spoil the enjoyment of anything for you inadvertently. And also, there'll be a couple of film clips which contain like PG levels of violence. Um, I just thought it polite to, to call that out because it's not Comic-Con, it is UX Australia. You can come here to see people being punched in the face. Anyway, well, what is storytelling? At its heart, storytelling is a, a form of communication. It was used as a method of transmission of religion and cultures in ancient societies, preliterate societies, through epics and sagas and poetry and song. And in that way, storytelling is also performance. There is an emotional engagement with the audience. There is a definite transaction that takes place between the storyteller and the listener. And that transaction relies more on familiarity than it does on novelty. A novelty, as anybody with children here in the audience can attest to, is not a uh, driving force in the enjoyment of story, as exemplified by the 150th retelling of Where is the Green Sheep? It is the... Excitement that a child feels is, is the anticipation of a known resolution. Um, obviously, they've got an engagement with the teller, being you, but the anticipation and the, the, the understanding of patterns that are already there in the story is what's exciting. Um, they can see patterns in story formula. Now, a typical story formula might, might go like this. So a story is it's the recounting of a series of events that happens to one or more characters in overcoming one or more obstacles in a way that engages us emotionally towards resolution. Now, let's delve into the detail of that a little bit. The constituent parts of that, well, anyone who's vaguely associated with human-centered design will recognize this Venn diagram as being um, ubiquitous in, in explaining our design processes. This sweet spot in the middle, which is the confluence of user desirability, technical feasibility, and financial viability, is a pretty good uh, indication of whether your innovation or your product is going, to, is going to succeed. Well, for today, I've swapped those out for character, plot, and tone, not as direct analogs for desirability, feasibility, and viability, but to make use of this sweet spot. A story that is heavy on character and tone, but with no plot, might make a very interesting art house movie, but it's not going to make a very interesting story as such. Similarly, a story that is big on character and plot with no tone is going to feel rather dry and unemotional. The sweet spot for story lies here in the middle. 
with interesting characters to root for, um, engaging obstacles for them to overcome, and an emotional world to guide us through. You might have noticed that I mentioned character twice just there, and that's because it's one of the most important aspects of storytelling. Character is the audience's gateway into emotional investment in a story. Through empathizing with a character, you get to care and worry for them, and so the obstacles that they have to overcome take on a greater significance as a result. A plot is a series of these event resolution things I was uh, referring to with the children's stories. Um, they build in momentum towards a climax. Um, these can be mapped in what's called a plot arc. So you begin with an exposition, which is an introduction to the world, uh, the characters and the world they inhabit. Um, episodes of rising action towards a climax, and then through resolution to uh, the, the changed world as a result of this story happening. Another way of looking at that might be uh, a story being a uh, beginning from the normal through change um, and resolving to the new normal. Uh, tone is a very important part of narrative storytelling. It is the author's voice. It is the, the, the color and emotional content of the world that the characters and the plot inhabit. Through, the tone doesn't necessarily alter the story itself, or alters the way you feel about the story, as exemplified by um, uh, the, the fate of the, the wicked sisters, stepsisters in uh, Cinderella, the original story where they had their eyes plucked out by doves, and the ending of um, Snow White, where the wicked stepmother was made to don red-hot iron shoes and dance herself to death, is not your typical Disney fare. But it reveals moral direction. The story remains the same. The uh, villain is punished and the hero prevails. It's the nature of the punishment that kind of reveals the author's voice in that story. Now, for design communication, tone isn't that useful because we're quite constrained. Our tone of voice and our behavior is quite constrained by the, uh, the norms of uh, corporate communications and the expectations of how we're going to behave in a corporate environment. So a far more useful tool in our toolkit would be scale. Also, we still need tone, so I'm going to pepper tone around the Venn diagram and, and render it utterly useless. <laughs> now, scale... Let's talk about this for a bit. Form follows function is a design axiom that really suits design storytelling. You need to be able to expand and contract the story that you're telling in order to, to, to suit the context. So a 30-second update in a, in a lift when you suddenly are side-by-side side with a general manager by accident is not the same as a project kickoff with a room full of devs. That much is obvious, but you still need to be conscious of the context, and you still need to know your story well in order to be able to tell it efficiently. In order to do that, you need to use accessible language. Now, uh, mystifying acronyms and fantastic jargon might make you feel like you're really earning your paycheck as an experienced designer, but you might end up alienating the very people that you need to champion your cause. So you need to develop an ear for that, and you need to use language that is understandable. In preparing today's uh, presentation, I was wondering, what is design communication really like? Is it like a novel or is it a short story? And the answer is, no, it's not like either of those things. I think a screenplay is what it's like. Now, yes, I am biased, but let me try and convince you why a successful design communication is kind of like a screenplay. Um, there are some interesting truths about screenplays that are quite unlike many other forms of storytelling. For a start, it has its own 
axiom, which is show, don't tell. It's a visual medium that relies on visual metaphor to, to engage the audience. Um, and we can use that as designers to illustrate our, our points and get more engagement. The screenplays are blueprints, and they're only realized through collaboration. So you need a team around you, a team of experts, to be able to interpret and to produce the ultimate work. The, a screenplay is not the work. A screenplay is merely pointing in the direction of the work. The film is the ultimate example of that. A screenplay is comprised of scenes which are small, finite, and manageable. And as such, they're readily synopsized for any level of stakeholder. Um, you're able to pull out small plot elements as you need to explain them to the, uh, the correct person in the correct context, as well as being able to step back and talk about the overall story in a bite-sized format. Now, like screenplays, your storytelling should be very visual. Use imagery in presentations and don't talk to a slide. It's not very engaging looking at a slide deck with a ton of text in it. And use visual metaphors to get your point across in a way that makes your audience receptive and empathetic. You need to be able to tell a complex story with an image. You need to provoke a response with a single word. <laughs> That's a cheap shot, but... So filmmakers and screenwriters are the experienced designers of the art world. Every single creative decision that they make has the audience firmly in mind because they know that they are the ultimate consumers of their work. Uh, without an audience, you may as well not make something. Um, Let's see, how, okay, let's talk about audience for a bit. They're the people who consume your story. You're able to tell your successfulness as a storyteller in the audience's ability to take that story and run with it. It needs to live outside of the context in which you're telling it, and they need to be able to tell it to other people. You need to understand your audience to be able to uh, communicate to them in a, in a, in a meaningful manner. Now, what is your role in enabling the audience to take this story and run with it? Well, ultimately, your role is to perform. Through performance, you are a bridge between the plan and the, uh, the, uh, the ultimate realization of that. You should be able to engage empathy and engage emotion from the people you're talking to, uh, regardless of, as I said, the size of, of the forum. So you need to interpret and adapt elements on, on a needs basis to suit the context in which you are talking. It is content in context that is most important here. Um, harking back to what I'm talking about, that GM versus the, the, the room full of devs. It needs to be meaningful. I'm going to show you a film clip here which illustrates why Content in context is so important. Now, the screenplay for that scene read, they fight. <laughs> this, is this is true, by the way. Um, the screenwriter, Jim Shamus, um, 
in early stages of development, uh, was trying to get buy-in for, for the project. project. He wasn't very good at writing action sequences, but he knew that wasn't necessary in order to get buy-in from the people he was talking to. They wanted a God's eye view of what was going to happen. This next clip uh, required a big fight scene. It was going to be energetic and complex, very, very, um, very high energy. Um, it was blocked out and set up to, to the nth degree. And on the day, this is what happened. Now, the story behind this is that uh, Harrison Ford had a bad case of dysentery on the day that they were supposed to shoot this sequence. So he just didn't have the energy to go through a, a massive, convoluted uh, set of activities. So he said, why don't I just pull out my gun and shoot the guy? And Steven Spielberg went, that's deadly, let's do that. And so that's what happened. Now, thinking back to that Crouching Tiger, Hidden uh, Dragon example, why is it so important to scale your story? The screenwriter didn't have to go into details, and it's really important that he didn't. Well, communication is like this. You're the designer there, and you're talking to um, your next-in command, let's say. It might be a product owner, experiment owner, whoever. Now, you're giving them tons and tons of detail about your project, but what you're not seeing is that there's a whole bunch of other people vying for, for their attention. They're equally giving a whole bunch of detail. And what happens when they have to, your, your manager has to give a report to their manager is it quickly becomes an information bottleneck. So you need to be able to craft your story and tell just the precise amount of information that is necessary. And in doing that, you're going to stand out from the crowd and you will be appreciated for it because you'll make your boss's job a lot easier. So how do you get from they fight to this? Well, you increase the detail. You trust the experts that you've got on your team to do the job that they do uh, well, that's the reason you hired them. You tell them as much detail as you need to tell them in order to, to get the desired outcome for your client. And I firmly believe, as an experienced designer, that my client is the end user. And you're telling their story to your team. So how do you tell that story? Well, experienced design story elements, harking back to the, uh, the toolkit I spoke about earlier, uh, personas are characters. Journey mapping is a plot arc. The stakeholder engagement is performance, and we're all each other's audiences. We need to listen to each other and help each other uh, get better at telling story. Emma Coates was a storyboard artist for Pixar, and she tweeted out 22 rules of story that had uh, happened upon, she happened upon in, in the course of working there. Now, rule number four stands out to me as a great template example of how you might be able to structure a story. It goes like this. Once upon a time, there was blank. Every day, blank. One day, blank. Because of that, blank. Because of that, blank. Until finally, blank. Now, I'm not sure how we're going for time here, and I might just, I don't know, dig myself a hole, but can somebody shout out a topic, and I'm going to try and make a story out of this? Anybody? Shoes. All right. Once upon a time, there was a person who had no shoes, and they lived in a very gravelly part of the world. Every day they were getting sore feet. One day they found a pair of shoes. And because of that, they were able to run to the market. And because of that, they were able to buy all the fresh fruit. Until finally, they bought up all the fresh fruit and they created a market of their own. I don't know, I'm just making it up as I go. <laughs> 
but it's, 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 a very, it's a strong structure that is really, really uh, elastic. So, in summary, for character, you've got personas, we've got products, we've got service solutions. They can all be characters in, uh, that, that you encounter in design storytelling. Your plot needs your beginning, middle, and end, but specifically your beginning, for example, might be a current state of market. Um, your obstacles might be both internal and external. The internal obstacles might be uh, organizational maturity. Uh, they might be technical feasibility. External obstacles might be um, competitor advantage. The resolution is, your, is your, your solution, your proposed way of overcoming these obstacles. And the new normal is the market where your product exists and is in the world and, and creating change. Again, scale. You need to be able to tweak the detail, and in order to do that, you need to know your audience. You need to be very, very conscious of their expectations, and you need to be able to tailor uh, to fit. And also, you need to adapt your language. As I said, forget the acronyms. Try and be as open as possible. So some takeaways for today. Remember scale. Expand and contract as you need to. Anticipation resolution. Absolutely use this basic uh, behavior that, people are, uh, that makes people enjoy story. Use it to your advantage. And show, don't tell. If you've got to create a prototype to get your point across, just for an internal meeting, create that prototype. It might seem like busy work, but it's going to enable you to communicate your story better. And ultimately, look, it comes down to this. If I'm going to be sitting there in a meeting, listening to you talking to me, I want you to tell me a tale that is memorable, understandable, and translatable. And I hope in the course of this talk, I've done the same for you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2016. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.